0: Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this word of God will bless your life and ministry, and increase God's blessing upon you. Praise the Lord, everybody. I feel so good in God's house this morning. I'm so excited to see... Everything that the Lord is about to do in this place. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to God this morning for allowing us to be here in revival. I don't know, was this 5th Sunday, 4th Sunday? We've been in revival? 4th Sunday in revival and God's doing powerful things. And uh, it's, He's not done yet. God's been dealing with me since I woke up this morning. I'm going to be honest, I, I had no word. I felt like God was putting an impression in my spirit, but I had nothing to tell you this morning. And I got up and began to pray and seek God. He began to, to give me what I'm about to preach to you this morning. I want to give honor to your pastor and to his awesome wife for allowing me the opportunity to be able to come and stand before you great people and preach the inspired word of God. And I want to thank all of you for being here, and I want to thank you for not laying stagnant in your bed this morning. With your comfy air conditioner and your fan blowing in your face. I'm telling you when I feel that it makes me not want to go to church either. But we all push past that. I'm, I'm thankful and I give you honor today for being here. That's alright. Can we all just lift up our hands one more time this morning. And just begin to give a praise to God. God you're worthy. Oh God you're holy. God you're magnificent in every way. God, we are here for your glory and not our own. God, give us a pure heart. God, cleanse us from all of our pride. God, help us, oh God, to have your ear this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share something with you before I get in the Word of God. I had a man tell me one time, and I may have may have said this here before. I can't quite remember. But the most powerful thing you can have in your life is the ear of God many people many preachers many people, doesn't matter what walk of life you're from seek the hand of God because we know what His hand can do when the hand of God starts moving in a church service God can heal cancer God can take an infirmity out of your body God can Put a marriage back together with his hand. But many times we seek the hand of God. And we don't seek the ear of God. Can I tell a church. If you have the ear of God. You get the hand of God. And many times. I'm going to tell you why. that A church that doesn't have miracles. And I'm not talking about this church in general. But I'm saying. Even an individual or a church that doesn't Pray. You have no miracles. Why? Because you don't have the ear of God. If you get a hold of the ear of God, can I tell you, you get the hand of God. Because when God starts listening, it was when the blind man at the road, when blind Bartimaeus, when he was at the road, he began to cry out all the more. And when Jesus heard it, the miraculous power of God fell in that place and healed him of his blindness Can I tell you in this service today Let's get a hold of the ear of God Because when you get a hold of the ear of God The miraculous power of the Holy Ghost Begins to move in a service And it does what a preacher cannot do It does what a saint cannot do It does what a church mother and What a pastor, what a bishop, what a prophet cannot do. The Holy Ghost can do when we get a hold of the ear of God. So I want to encourage you as I preach today. It doesn't matter if I'm in the beginning of my sermon or the middle of the message or at the end of the message. It doesn't matter. Any time in this time of service we have, don't be afraid to jump up and get the ear of God. Don't be afraid to start praying in the Holy Ghost elders don't be afraid to start lifting up your hands and asking God to have his way young men or young ladies because when we get his ear we get his hand felt to share that with you this morning if you'll turn with me in your Bibles I want to take you to Exodus chapter 12 Exodus chapter 12 feel so good in the house of the Lord this morning I'm so excited Hallelujah, hallelujah. Exodus chapter 12, we read that there's a preparation for the Passover meal of the Lamb. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation. Of Israel saying in the tenth day of the month they shall take to them every man a lamb. According to the house of their fathers a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it. According to the number of souls every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Notice verse 5. And your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. And ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And we read and we go on throughout this and God names all the qualifications for this lamb that they would have to sacrifice. And it says this in verse 12 or verse 11. At the end of that verse, that is when we see that the Lord calls it the Lord's Passover. Verse 12 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are and when I see the blood I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Skip down, to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Verse 22 is where I'll draw my thought. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop, say hyssop with me, hyssop. hyssop, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lentil and the two sides of the post with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out at the door of this house until in the morning. I want to preach you for just a few moments, a remedy by remission, a remedy by remission. Can we lift up our hands this morning? And begin to talk to the Lord. Come on, I know you're tired. I know it's a Sunday morning, but can we lift up our voices just as loud as we can? I I believe I'm in a church that understands and feels the severity and, and the seriousness in the spirit. It feels that urgency that is in this place. Can we lift up our hands? Come on, can we lift up our hands and begin to talk to God here in this place? Hallelujah, 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 Lord. In the name of Jesus, God. God, we ask in this place, oh Lord, that you'd come down and have your way in every man, woman, boy, and girl's life. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that the conviction power of your Spirit would come down and prick the heart of every man and woman. Oh God, we pray that the Holy Ghost would move, oh God, as your Word is preached. In the name of Jesus, let your saints begin to pray in intercession right now. Let the moving of the Holy Ghost begin to move right now, Lord. And do what only you can do. In the name of Jesus, let's lift up our voices. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated. God gave me this message this morning. So bear with me today as I try and convey to you this message that the Lord has given me. Verse 22 in Exodus chapter 12, we read that God is giving all these components to his people concerning this feast of the Passover. God has spoken to Moses and Aaron, the priests and the mouthpiece of God, Moses being the prophet, and Aaron being the one that would go before Moses and would speak the word of God. We read about, in the book of Exodus, God has shown himself to his prophet by the burning bush that was not consumed. And the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. We read that Moses was a Hebrew boy and that there was a decree in in his time and at the beginning of his birth that all the firstborn should be smote of the Hebrews. And we read that Moses' mother wove a basket of reeds and sent him into the river as just an infant child. If you read the book of Exodus very long, it isn't Too far into his life story that you realize that he has favor from God on his life. They send him into the Nile, I believe it is. In a river, in a stream filled with man-eating beasts, these crocodiles, snakes. All these things that could have destroyed him as just an infant. Defenseless, powerless, but yet we see that the favor of God was on his life. And we read that Pharaoh's daughter finds him, finds this baby, this Hebrew, whom Pharaoh has just sent out a decree to kill, and yet they raise him in their home. You talk about the favor of God. And I feel to speak this right now, this wasn't a part of my message, but some of you, your beginning, your Genesis, your first moments in this life, you were formed In a way, you had begun this journey called life in a place where the enemy was already trying to destroy you. He sent you into a place of isolation as just a young child, young boy, young girl, an infant, and yet you had. All these obstacles before you ever had the cognitive ability to even understand that the enemy of your soul was trying to destroy you. But yet you had no idea that even then the hand and the favor of God was on your life. And I want to tell you this morning, you are not here by accident, but the same hand of God that was on that boy, Moses, was on some of your lives, even in the beginning, even in your Genesis. And can I tell you, the same hand of God that preserved Moses in the basket of reeds in the Nile, protecting him from everything that could have destroyed him. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you in this place have been found in the divine hand of God. It is only by God this morning some of you didn't die in a car wreck on the way here. It is only by the hand and the mercy of God that you haven't died of overdose. It is only by the hand and the mercy of God that you didn't die by alcohol poisoning. Can I tell you, it was only by the hand of God that some of you aren't in a mental hospital this morning. Can I tell you, the hand of God that protected you and preserved you is the same hand of God that led you into this place this morning and it makes me excited when we talk about the hand of God because it's the hand of God that leads and directs And takes us in these places in life. And I don't know how I got so far off this. But somebody needed to hear that this morning. But God speaks to Moses. This man. This man of great favor. This man of great anointing. He had no idea he even had. And the Lord speaks to Moses. After he had fled the land of Egypt. When he grew up to be a full grown man. the Bible says that he saw a fellow Hebrew servant and slave being beaten. By the hands of an Egyptian and the rage and the anger and the wrath that arose up in Moses said, I'm going to kill you. And the Bible said that Moses took his hands and took that man's life. And the Bible said that he fled from Egypt and ran as far as he possibly Could can I remind you that it would be the same man that God would speak to and say, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. It was this man who God would reveal reveal his holy law and it would be the very man that runs from his sin. But let me note to you in Moses' life When God first reveals His majesty, His splendor, and His almighty power to Moses, God never addressed his sin. When God spoke to Moses, God said, Moses, I have called and chose thee, and I have called you to deliver my people out of the land of Egypt. Uh, can I tell you this morning many of you come to the house of God and you're afraid that God's going to smite you because you know you're not perfected yet you know you've been running from some things that, that my God haunt your mind things of your past things that you've dealt with since a young boy or a young girl I ah, can I remind you that when God probably I can imagine this arose in the mind of Moses while God is speaking God don't you know what I have done don't you know that I'm a man of sin I'm a murderer I'm a man that has ran
1: from my homeland and I've killed a man I killed him in cold blood and a lifeless soul left this world by my hands
0: but yet God spoke to this man of great failure and inadequacy and began to speak to him and tell him I have chose you to deliver My people out of this land, can I tell you God's forgiveness and God's mercy is oh so real. And God would begin to show and show us a pattern throughout the scripture in the book of Exodus of his redeeming power. God spoke to Moses concerning the Passover and would begin to give him this pattern of healing, restoration of sins that we would find. They had no idea that's what it was. Can I give you some context? That Moses' people, the people of Israel, the Hebrews, had been in Egyptian captivity for over 400 years. These people were held bondage by the people that we would call of the world. The Egyptians were known as being a place of evil and false ideas. A place full of sin. A place full of idolatry. A place full of filth and perversion. And that would be the very place that the people of God would find themselves in. But yet God was beginning to create a way that His people could escape the bond of Egypt. Now I'm about to give you that way. Moses spoke and he said in verse 22 in chapter 12, Ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. I want to educate you for just a few moments on the power of that word hyssop. Understand what I've just told you. I know it sounds like I'm moving pretty quickly. But Egypt represented the bond and the grip of sin On the people's life. I'm preaching to some people this morning. That uh, you've been found deep. Deep. And in deep sin. You're found uh, in the bonds of addiction and perversion. I'm not here to condemn you this morning. I want to give you a way out of that. Hyssop by definition. Is a remedy. For a man's body. Hyssop. Is an herb like a plant, like a mint, like a bush. And when I began to study hyssop, it has many benefits to a man's body. Many common things, the common cold, gastrointestinal things. Hyssop is a remedy for the body. Hyssop is also found in many antiseptic remedies. Can I remind you, sepsis is... A thing in your body, it is an infection that if not caught quick enough, it can kill you. Sepsis of the body is brought by infection. And when filth enters a wound in your body, sepsis can kill you. Or it can literally paralyze parts of your bodies because it stops the blood flow. Hyssop is a remedy that can heal you. Hyssop is a remedy that can stop these infections and infirmities from infecting your body to the point where death is brought. It is a remedy that can remit sickness. It is a remedy that can remit all iniquity from your bo- or, or literal sickness from your body and yet God chose this hyssop. To be dipped in that blood of the Lamb. Can I tell you in the Old Testament. When the blood was shed. All throughout the Bible we read. Without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sins. That means there is no way my dear brother. That sin can leave your life without the blood being shed. The book of Leviticus says that the power of life is in the blood because the blood that is pumping through your days, young men and young lady, literally moves oxygen throughout all the members of your body. If there is no blood, there is no breath. If the blood is not flowing, the oxygen is not flowing. Can I tell you, it is the hyssop, it is this component that literally stops the infection from stopping the blood from moving. We find the hyssop in another place of scripture. In Psalms 51, David has sinned. David has committed adultery and perversion. And the Bible said while he's beginning to pray, young men, we all know this prayer. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. But when he says and puts pen to paper to this verse, it utterly shocks me. He said, purge me with hyssop that I might be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Wow, Why was hyssop so important to understand? Because a lamb's blood, the Old Testament, it couldn't fully remit your sins. It only pushed back the judgment of your sins. But it was prophetic that in the New Testament, that when Jesus would shed his very blood, it was going to produce something that in the Old Testament it could not do. Hallelujah. Can I tell you the blood of the bullock in the Old Testament, it couldn't forgive your sin. It could only keep you from judgment. Can I tell you this morning that when Jesus spread His arms open wide and began to shed His very blood, it would be like that lamb that was on the table of
1: the Passover in the book of Exodus. And it would be that lamb that had His arms open wide that was saying, I can't just spare you from judgment but I can forgive you I can restore you I can make you whole
0: hallelujah the Lord wanted the Israelites to understand that the hyssop is the power to stop sin from killing you hyssop was what stopped infection from entering your body can I tell you sin will
1: leave you paralyzed sin will leave you sick and it can take your very life but can I tell you when you get in contact with the blood of Jesus it can heal you it can forgive you it can wash you but you've got to get in the blood
0: shakai he ran Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, I know that some of this is going over your head, but it's very simple. The blood of a man can't forget. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed bulls, and they sacrificed sheep, lambs, and it had to be spotless and without blemish. Can I tell you, it wasn't powerful enough to forgive the sin of humanity. It could only remit it. But God made a plan that when He would come manifested in the flesh and walk among men in the New Testament, he did not walk with human blood that could come from mere human
1: conception he had blood that could not be tainted with the human bloodline this this blood came from on high, this blood would come from the courts of heaven, can I tell you if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you haven't been washed with something normal, you were washed with blood that can heal that can save, that can cast out devils. You are washed with the blood of an almighty God.
0: That's why people Look at you crazy when they start talking about the blood of Jesus. It wasn't normal blood. It was a blood that would come like hyssop. It was blood that could come and heal every infirmity in our body. It was the blood of Jesus that was like hyssop. That when Jesus took when the woman touched Jesus with the issue of blood, virtue left her body because he didn't have normal blood. He didn't have blood of another man. He didn't have blood like Adam had. He had
1: the blood of a divine almighty God pumping through his veins. And can I tell somebody this morning if you've come with the sickness
0: and an ailment in your body, all you gotta do is get in contact
1: with the blood of Jesus. Because the prophet, when he stood up in the book of Isaiah, he said prophetically, he was
0: wounded for our transgressions, our sins bruised for our
1: iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, listen, and by his stripes we are healed, the blood of a lamb in the Old Testament couldn't heal the blood of the bull couldn't save in the Old Testament but when the blood of the Almighty God gets on you it dries up cancers, it can cast out devils, it can heal the sick and raise the Dead, but will you get in contact with the blood of Jesus? I
0: feel the Holy Ghost upon me. Can somebody pray in the Holy Ghost this morning? (laughs) Puro kushan de dana maje se adalomo you look at this young man and you say, why is he screaming? Why is he acting like a fool? Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm acting like a fool. But God even says it. He said in the New Testament that it was by the foolishness of preaching that God calls to save which should be saved. Can I tell you? Yes, I'm a young man up here acting like a fool. But could I tell you something this morning? If you could feel the burden that a man of God has as he's pulling for your soul. Can I tell you something this morning? that the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can save you my dear sister from a devil's hell it's the only thing that can mend your broken marriage it's the only thing that can reconcile humanity back to God can I tell you Getting the blood of Jesus on your life. You can't just say a cute prayer. It's not Lord I accept you in my heart. Oh Lord Jesus. There was a pattern that you had to walk through to get access to the blood of Jesus. Because it was not meant for everybody. Salvation was not attainable unto the Gentiles. That's you sitting on your carcass in this building today you are not good enough to receive the salvation of an almighty God you were not good enough to be protected and to be ripped out of the hands of a devil's hell can I tell you this morning if you want to know the remedy for remission if you want to know the remedy for a lost soul if you'll listen to me for just a few moments there's going to be a power of conviction that will fall in this place and if you'll act on the word of God that is spoken there will be salvation you won't have to die and go to a devil's hell by the grips and the bond of sin but you have to yield to the remedy there's a pattern that you gotta live by can I tell you something you can't be saved anyway you can't be saved by praying some cute little acceptance prayer can I tell you you have to obey the word that will be spoken More remission would be the process of removing sin from a man's life. Can I tell you why we have to have remission? Because in the beginning when God created man he created man to have dominion over every beast of the field including the serpent that beguiled humanity the snake that would cause us to walk into a sinful humanity. Can I tell you man was not created to have to fight for dominion. Man was not created to have to beg God for authority. Can I tell Tell you dominion is meant to be something that dominion over your flesh, dominion over the temptation of sin. Notice that's something we don't have much of today. But can I tell you why it happened? Can I tell you what caused your humanity to slip when God spoke to Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You've heard this, but they were perfect, they were pure. There was no sin in them There was no perversion in them But the Bible said That when they sinned, Purity left them Can I tell you If I can talk to the church And to the saints And to the ministry For just a few moments Do you know why we lack authority And apostolic dimensions? Because we lack purity Adam was given dominion over every beast of the earth. But the moment that he sinned and lost his purity, he no longer had authority over every beast of the field. Can I tell you when you have sin in your life you have no authority. When you have sin in your life and you can't control the flesh that you live in, I'm going to tell you this morning, the devil has his grip on you and you have no power and you have no authority and you have no dominion But from that moment that sin entered mankind, the Bible said in the New Testament that there was a pattern that we would be able to live by. The words of the Holy Ghost spoke on a man to write by sin. By one man, sin entered the world by the first Adam. But there was coming a man that they would call the second Adam that would come to remit and destroy the work of sin in the hands of humanity. Can I I tell you that that prophetic utterance that that man would write with was talking about
1: Jesus. Jesus, that lamb that would be slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus that would die a sinner's death on Calvary. Jesus that would die and take your place was going to be
0: the man that restored authority and the Holy Ghost back to the body, back to us. Hallelujah, can I tell you, there's only one way to get to Jesus. There's only one way to have that blood applied to your life. There's only one way. One way, can I tell you. There's a remedy. There is a remitting power for your sins. But can I tell you? I know I'm prolonging, but you have to understand there's one way to be saved. There's only one way. There's only one way for your sins to be remitted. There's only one way. Jesus spoke I am my Father. Are one. If any man come to the Father. He must come by me. There was a revelation that would begin to happen. and Many people that Jesus walked among. Had no idea that he was the divine nature of God. He was God in the flesh. And God literally walked among men. And would begin to reveal himself. The message of salvation. Can I tell you. Jesus spoke and showed the only way. We can tap into that remission. In John 3 and 5, Jesus is talking to a man named Nicodemus. He's a religious leader. Nicodemus came to Jesus by the night. And Jesus began to speak to him what a man would have to do to have his sins remitted and to be saved. And Jesus spoke this. Lest a man be born again. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus puzzled. Jesus, how can I enter again into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, nonsense. let a man be born of the water by baptism in the Spirit. And by the Spirit that we find on the day of Pentecost being born again of the water by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost it is the only way to be saved can I tell you in the book of Acts they are waiting on a prophetic word that was spoken by the prophet Joel and Joel prophesied that God's spirit was going to be poured out on all people and their sons and their daughters were going to prophesy it was a prophecy to the Gentiles. It was a prophecy unto every man that would ever breathe and live on this earth. And they were waiting. Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. God Almighty even spoke. People, wait in Jerusalem before I bestow you with power from on high. Jesus was speaking to them of the way of salvation. And the only way they could be saved. And we find, I have preached it last Sunday, but I'm going to tell you. This is the only message I will ever preach. Peter stood up on that day, ladies and gentlemen, and he spoke, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Hear me. For the remission of sins. If you are not baptized in the name
1: of Jesus Christ. Christ you cannot go to heaven
0: I'm not here to be a to, to be like an evil hypocrite or be condescending or condemning but I'm telling you there's only one way to be baptized and it's in the name of Jesus I know you're prolonging the decision I know you have some ideas in your mind you're
1: saying pastor I just want to wait a couple more weeks can I just wait another month can I tell if you need to be baptized I wouldn't wait another day I'd do it while I could my God he could come tomorrow there's gonna be a day when Jesus is coming back to judge the world for the sins of the people I'd like to know that I got saved while I could It's the only way to be saved. It's the only way to escape the bonds of a devil's hell. It's the only way to be freed from addiction. Can I tell you, if I preach like my head's on fire, it's because I am. You got to live this apostolic way. You got to be free from sin. You got to be baptized. You got to get the Holy Ghost. If you don't, you will rot in eternity.
0: i uh, Paul bumped into Some of John's disciples And he began to speak to them Have you received the Holy Ghost Since you first believed And they said we know not whether There'd be any Holy Ghost And the Bible said when he asked Them they said they were only baptized In John's baptism In other words they had never been Baptized in the name of Jesus They were doing all they could Can I tell you there's some people in this place You've been baptized in other. times? Churches in the denominal world baptized into the Trinity in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, I know you were seeking God, but Paul looked at those people and said, You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's no other way than you can receive remission for your sins, lest you be baptized. Paul baptized those people in the name of Jesus, and when he did, he laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I go any further? There's only
1: one way to be baptized. There's only one way to be saved. You can get mad at me if you want to. I've got to preach this. The way God put this on me. You've got to live such a way. You've got to repent of your sins. And you've got to get the Holy Ghost.
0: There's a remedy. There's something medicinal. About the Holy Ghost. And being baptized. It heals you from all that hurt. That sin brought in your life. It heals you from the infection. That the devil wanted to put in your life. Can I tell you what happens. When you get baptized in Jesus name. And get the Holy Ghost. It literally begins to perfect It literally puts you in a process of purification and sanctification. It takes all those evil tendencies, brother, out of our life that the devil tried to put there. Can I tell you what happens? Paul was on his way to Rome. And Paul has been shipwrecked. He's going to preach and stand before Caesar. And something very powerful begins to happen. He washes up on shore. And he gets out on this island called Melita. And the Bible said. He was gathering wood. For a fire because he was cold. They had been in a storm. And the Bible says that as Paul was gathering sticks. That he set these sticks on fire. And when he did. That there was a beast that came out. From the fire. And latched himself. A venomous beast. And when this viper latched. On the Paul's hand, Paul was baptized in Jesus' name. Paul was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when it bit him, this thing that should have killed him. He. Something that should have killed him before. Can I tell you something? the things that the enemy could kill you with when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in the name of Jesus can I tell you the venom of sin the venom of addiction the venom that the enemy wants to inject you with can I tell you it'll give you power
1: to shake off that beast can I tell you it'll give you power to tread on serpents it'll give you power to lay hands on the sick and they be healed can I tell you it will give you power over addiction and over spirits but you've got to be baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost
0: can we stand in this place I could tell you all day what you have to do but it's going to be your own decision I've preached the word of truth to you. Jesus is on the cross. He's about to be slain. He's about to be crucified. And the Bible says that the man comes to him and gives him a drink of vinegar. It's bitter. But he used a hyssop branch. And he takes the hyssop branch with vinegar put on it. And he sticks it up to Jesus' mouth. He begins to drink that vinegar, that's bitter, that's death. He knows he's going to die. But as that man that was sticking that hyssop branch up to his back, he had no idea that the thing that was going to heal him, he was holding in his hand. He was living a life of sin. How many times have we crucified Jesus in our own life? The Bible says that when we sin, we crucify Christ afresh. When you sin, you put him back on the cross. He had no idea he was killing what was trying to save him. Can I tell you, you can reject me today. Don't reject that impression that God is putting on you. You know you need to be baptized, you know. This pastor has preached it. This ain't the first time you've come to visit. But can I tell you, it's the only way. It's the only way way to be saved. (laughs) If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need to be baptized, please don't reject. You can reject me, but don't reject God. You don't have to ever talk to me. You don't have to like me, but please, please, I beg you, don't reject the Spirit of God that is compelling you to come Running right now and get it right. There's a remedy by remission, but it comes from baptism in Jesus' name. That washes your sins away. The Bible says if any man has been baptized into Christ, he's put on Christ. You're now walking in the sinless humanity of Jesus, the divine bloodline that Jesus walked in. You've got pumping through your veins. But can I tell you, it's up to you today. Can I tell you why we baptize in Jesus' name? There is no other name under heaven. Acts 4.12 There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus Christ I know I'm prolonging a little bit but I want to stir as much as I can before I give this up. It's in the name of Jesus. Je- you know what Jesus literally means in the Hebrew? Yahweh, the first name of God in Hebrew. it was the uh, the, the Jews were literally scared to even speak this name because they were afraid that God would kill them. this is the holy the all-holy, righteous, powerful God it means Yahweh has become my salvation Jesus is the name that your sinful humanity can call on and God and all His holiness won't strike you because of your sin it was the mercy of God the name. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's why we cast out devils. Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why you say Jesus' name when a car is heading your way. And you're about to be in a head on collision. You say Jesus, but something happens and it knocks your car to the side of the road. And you prevent from getting hit head-on. You don't say Father, Son, Spirit. No, you don't do that. Why? Because it's a name you can call. Co- it's so quick and easy. The Bible says that there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Literally, a mediator is one that meets in the middle. Young men, two, two, you two young men right here, can you come up? You're going to be God. You're going to be me. You're going to come over here. Here, come here. We'll show you what Jesus was. This is me. This is you, dirtbags. This is sinners. This is us. This is God. This is what Jesus did. He connected what had been separated. What was separated by sin, Jesus literally pulled God and man back together. You might say that's a cute little illustration, but it's a truth. Go sit down, young man. (laughs) There's some people I'm still working on you. I promise I'm going to be done one day and you're going to go be able to eat that home-cooked meal, that pork chop mashed potatoes, but I got something a little bit better than that right now. Can I tell you, while we baptize in Jesus' name, when Saul is on the road to Damascus, he's killing Christians. The Bible said that he's wrecked and his chariots flip over and he's struck and he's blind. And the Almighty God speaks to Saul. And Saul says, Lord, is this Thou? And he said, this is the Lord who you crucify. Who I persecute. He literally, Jesus Christ spoke. He said, Lord, God, is it Thou? He said, this is Jesus Christ who you persecute. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. He is not some second person in a Godhead. He is not just some minuscule, come on, human like you. He was fully God. Can I tell you, if you need the Holy Ghost, will you come up to the front? Because it's by the name of Jesus we can pray and we can lay hands and God can fill you with His Spirit. I don't know what you need, but If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name I wonder if we could come to the front If you want to be forgiven of sins If you've got sin in your life And you need to repent Can we be honest? Can we come to the front right now? I don't want not one person looking around At somebody else moving down the altar Through the pew to come pray Because before long I'm going to be up there This is altar call, it's right now. If you don't have the Holy Ghost but you want it, will you come to this side of the the platform right here, if you want the Holy Ghost. I'm not pushing this, I'm not imposing, but when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, God gives you power over sin, over addiction. I want to open this altar to everybody If you need healing in your body God's about to confirm His word To somebody here in this place Can I tell you why we preach That you need the Holy Ghost Because the book of Romans Says if the Spirit of Christ Dwells in you There's going to be a day where his spirit is gonna quicken your mortal body. And you're gonna be taken from this world into heaven, escaping damnation, escaping hell. That's why we preach that you need the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that sin brings us into the spirit of bondage, unto fear. But the Holy Ghost that we receive is the spirit. Of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Ghost is what makes you a son and a daughter of God. It puts you into the holy lineage of God Almighty. It literally is the thing that makes you His son, His daughter, that gives you power over this world. As they begin to sing and play, If you need a touch from God, will you lift up your hands right now? If you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost, will you raise up your hands? If you need the Holy Ghost, will you raise your hands and we not get embarrassed? Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Come on, I've just preached the word of God unto you. It's going to be up to you to respond to this word. I've done, I've done labored. I've done all I can do. We pray today that this word has blessed you, Minister to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.